Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Guys in a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. Sadly, recently we lost another good person. Adam West died at the uh, ripe old age of how old was he, Craig? Oh gosh, I don't know. He was in his 80s, wasn't he? In his 80s. He lived a long and happy life. Probably never really escaped the shadow of the film role he was most famous for, which is playing Batman in the absolutely corny and still loads of fun 1960s version of Batman. Both the TV show and the movies that subsequently came after. And you know, the guy didn't even seem to care. <laughs> no, no, I think he embraced it. He loved mm-hmm. it. And he should. It was fun. It was it was all good fun. You know, I watched that when I was a kid, and uh, it was cornball. I don't know if I realized how corny it was as a kid. It was it was a lot of fun. It felt kind of like a comic book. Uh, it was silly. It was family friendly. Uh, I loved it. A lot of people did, and I, I think that he embraced that throughout his life. And and kudos to him for doing so because uh, he he should have. I actually think the TV show is even better as an adult. Like, I think it plays better because it's just got so many crazy in-jokes and it's so over-the-top goofy. And then, you remember, he always had that bit where he and Robin or would be climbing up the side of the of the yeah. building, you know, <laughs> where where you like all they did was tip the camera to the side and, and like yeah. you know, but then like somebody would pop out of the window as they were going up and it was always some like cameo, like some brief 10 second cameo by some famous person of the time. You remember that? that was, yeah, yeah. That was a move that was a TV show back when TV shows knew how to have fun. And now about half of them are just kind of depressing, serious, serious and depressing. Well, speaking of serious and depressing, no, <laughs> speaking, let's say speaking of having fun, <laughs> we decided that we were going to pay tribute to Adam West in the only way we know how on this show, and that is to watch one of his crappy movies. And this movie is indeed crappy. It is a Zombie Nightmare. He did a few horror films. Now, you looked up, he did probably three or four horror films, right? None of them are really... Yeah. But you chose Zombie Nightmare, Craig. You kind of honed in on that one. Tell me why. Because I scrolled through his IMDb page, and that was the one that sounded most like a horror movie. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's that was my uh, extensive selection process. Yeah, I don't know. He he did a few. In fact, um, there's I, another one that I was interested in, and maybe we should have gone with this one. I don't know, but <laughs> he did a movie. I have no idea when. I don't have anything written down about it. But he did a movie with Corey Feldman, a horror movie with Corey Feldman, that um, never came out. <laughs> like, what? Uh, it was never released. But it's uh, available on YouTube in oh. 10 parts. And, and, and now, uh, having watched the masterpiece that is Zombie Nightmare... Um, <laughs> I, I'm thinking maybe we should have gone with that one, but we didn't. No. So as a tribute to Adam West, we will talk about this terrible, crappy movie. My favorite thing, really, <laughs> and just to get it right out there, is that Adam West is top build in this movie. Like, it, <laughs> it, the, when, when the credits come up, it is starring Adam West. And I'm like, yeah, Adam West, let's do it. And then the guy doesn't even show up until 45 minutes into this hour and a half movie. <laughs> <laughs> Of course. And then when he does and when he does finally show up, I'd be willing to bet that he filmed his role in like an afternoon. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like most of most of his scenes take place in this office. They like I he, he gets out of that office for like 
five minutes at the end. But uh, I swear, I have no idea how they got Adam West on this. Like in my notes at about the 45 minute mark, I have finally Adam West. And then two seconds later, my next note is, oh, my God, Adam West. What were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess a check's a check, right? I guess so, right? What, what are you going to do, you know? <laughs> You've already cemented your legacy. You might as well start right. phoning it in. <laughs> well, I mean, oh, man. even even with his, admittedly, he's always been a little corny. Like, in... Sure. He, he, you know, I've always felt like Adam West. He has a great voice, but he, he always uh-huh. feels like he's in love with his voice. You know, he's one of these guys that should be in radio. Like if he would had been big, like in the '30s, he would have been a kind of Orson Welles type figure on the radio. He's got mm-hmm. this great voice. He has this great delivery. But then when he does it in in movies, it's it's always it's 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 a little Shatner esque. The way that he oh, yeah. really um, rolls over his consonants and just delivers with that kind of baritone voice the lines that he does with such relish. It feels like his scenes in this movie take about twice as long as they need to just because his delivery is so labored. And I don't mean labored yeah. as in, you know, not labored as in uh, it's it drags and drags noticeably, but again, it's like a guy who's kind of in love with his voice. <laughs> Frank, this Winston boy ran with a bad crowd. High school kids, running red lights, getting drunk, smoking marijuana, you know, the usual bad stuff. Murder's a whole new ballgame. Until we got a line on this killer, I want the press to get nothing but misinformation. Otherwise, they'll make this guy a, a serial killer or a goddamn vigilante savior. I think one of the things that I like the most about Adam West is that, you know, especially later in his career, he had, he had a great sense of humor and, and he appeared as himself in tons of TV shows and movies. Um, and, and he was really down with self deprecating humor. Yes. And, and I think that's great. You know, I, I think it's fantastic when you can poke fun at yourself and have a good sense of humor about yourself. And, and, and I really, have a lot of admiration for him in that regard. So I almost feel like if he were here with us today, he would laugh right along with us at how crappy this movie is. (laughs) What about the public's right to know? Hey, we're concerned with the public's right to live. I've spoken with the parents. They've told me they're going to cooperate. The last thing I want is for this kid's gang to go looking for revenge. Yeah. Well, whatever you say, Cap. I've got an APB out on anyone big enough to snap a person's neck, and that ought to clear out uh, half the health clubs and all the high school teams. Okay, Frank. I think you're big enough to handle this by yourself. Well, I'm going out now and buying some anabolic steroids. Frank, let's not have any more high school kids turn up dead. Understand. (laughs) (laughs) I recognize this movie from the cover, looking at the shelves. It was made in 1987. And I actually bought this movie at some closeout VHS sale at some movie rental place. And it sat on my shelves forever. And I never put it in. So I'm glad that we put it in this time. And, you know, the... The the other thing about this film that's really quite nice that that made it worth the watch for me was it's Tia Carrera's first film. Yeah. yeah. And I was that's funny, you know, because now I I'm sure at the time 
nobody knew who she was. But now, you know, she's second build, you know, like on the IMDb because mm-hmm. she got famous or whatever. And she's funny, too. I love her. She's hilarious. First of all, she's gorgeous. I mean, she's just yeah. stunningly beautiful. And and in this, you know, she's super young. She I don't know. She's probably a teenager, maybe early 20s. And it's unmistakably her. Um, but <laughs> it's nice to see that she evolved. <laughs> Beyond yeah, she, right. You know, she of course, she did Wayne's World. And, and she was really funny in that and, and, and the sequel too. And um, then uh, I think my favorite role of hers, it was in True Lies with Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm. which I'm not a huge, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger type movie type of fan. Um, but that's a funny movie and uh, she's funny in it. So, yeah, it, it is cool to see her in this too, even though she's awful. <laughs> she is awful. <laughs> Hello. Bob, this is Ames. I just heard it on the radio. What are we going to do? What's wrong? Jim's dead, Bob. Didn't you hear it on the radio? They found his body behind the drive-in. He's dead. Hey, baby, just try and relax. Relax? Don't you understand? We're next. He's killed Peter and Susie and Jim. We're next. <laughs> but she's Tia Carrera. I could watch her all day. <laughs> Let's just put sure, it that way. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, oh, boy. So, um... Let's just dive in, shall we? This is going to be fun. <laughs> you start it, because I'll be interested to see, because I feel like we could knock this one out in 20 minutes if we really wanted to. <laughs> I actually thought this is the, one of the sad things, that we live so far apart now, because this would have been the perfect movie to see together. Uh, and that is... That yeah. Is, um, it, it seems like a film best enjoyed with others than watching by yourself. <laughs> and that's the thing. When when I first started watching it, you know, okay, so it opens up with this scene of this, like, voodoo lady, <laughs> oh, like, resurrecting this guy in a coffin. Um, it, it, and then these cheap, awful-looking opening credits, um, which most of the opening credits are dedicated to telling what bands contributed music (laughs) (laughs) to the movie. Like, Motorhead is in it, and, like, some other big uh, rock names or whatever. Um, Oh, I don't know how big they are. (laughs) Well, Motorhead was pretty big, Motorhead was big. And I was was excited when Motorhead came up, and Motorhead contributed the song that played over the credits, and that, sadly, was it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then it's starts and it's like this this shot of like some kind of like baseball practice or something and it looks like it was filmed on my dad's giant (laughs) camcorder from the 80s (laughs) and i was like oh no this is this is gonna be just uh absolutely awful but the saddest part of it was that i realized not too far in that i had seen this movie before and i was like really like (laughs) how have i seen this movie before i watched the whole thing and i kept thinking oh my gosh i remember this i remember this um and it's because mystery science theater 3000 did uh an episode on this movie and i love that show and of course they did because it's a terrible movie at first i was really thinking oh crap man we've really gotten ourselves into something bad you know like i didn't i thought i don't want to sit here and watch Watch this. By the second half, it really became one of those movies that is so bad that it's funny. funny. And not because and not because it's trying to be funny, but instead because it takes itself so seriously and it's so bad that you just (laughs) laugh and laugh because oh my god, like 
it, it's hard to believe that they could have taken themselves seriously, but they clearly did. Like they were c- clearly going for it. Oh, and it's just awful. It actually, <laughs> everything about it is awful. <laughs> it actually took me back to my college days. The first movie that I ever made, uh, I shot with a bunch of friends at college. And about 10 minutes into this movie, I thought, if we had made a movie called Zombie Nightmare, I think it would have turned out like this too. Because... <laughs> <laughs> like, I, actually, I actually thought about that because I, I know you have made movies in the past. I've never had the privilege of working with you on one, but I, I really thought like, I bet we could get a few of our friends together and make a movie of this oh. quality in like a couple of days. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and this is, it, it, it's so funny because they only have like maybe five locations tops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the framing and everything, like the framing on this baseball game, it, 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 I don't know what, it takes a good three minutes showing us this baseball game, and it's so boring. There's two guys who look like they stepped out of Greece. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They've got like the slick. Oh, up. they're so funny. Yeah, they get the, the the greased hair. They've got the greased hair and like they're wearing like the skinny jeans and white t shirts. And like one of the guys okay, so they're totally just fifties thugs. Like I just called them Thug One and Thug Two because I didn't know who they were. And I have no idea. It looked like it was set in the eighties, but yeah. then ever these two guys are like in fifties drag. And one of them y- you know how like in the fifties or, or at least in the the movies about the fifties, the thugs would like roll their cigarette packs up in their yeah. their shirt sleeves. <laughs> well, this this guy, it's like they just stuck something somewhat square shaped up his sleeve. Like they didn't even roll it up in there. <laughs> I'm like, is that his mic pack? Like, what's happening? <laughs> oh god it was so dumb like they were just trying so hard and i but i didn't really understand what they were going for and like the timeline doesn't even (sighs) these guys come back up again later thank god um (laughs) but like it it, like the timeline doesn't even match up like no (laughs) like i don't know like like these guys were just living in the 50s until the 70s or something i don't know oh god But, but anyway okay so so these thug guys at the baseball practice, who knows why they're there watching these little boys practice baseball, but they are, and and they see this random black girl, and they're like, what's she doing here? Um, and so she leaves, and uh, they they follow her off like, let's go start some trouble or something. They like, literally say that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's that's one thing you see in this whole film is everybody is stating the obvious the entire time. They state exactly what they're going to do, exactly what they're thinking, all of their intentions. They completely lay them bare for everyone to hear. Okay, okay, cut it out right now. Hey, the night is young and so are we. So let's get totally tanked up, go down to the dance at Lincoln, and we'll pick up some sleazy chicks. It's great writing. It's fantastic. So, oh God, it's so good. They follow this black girl off. Meanwhile, the baseball practice ends and this very nice guy who's been leading the baseball practice. He's this giant guy. It turns out his name is Bill, I think. He and his family, his wife and his young son, they're walking along and they see these two thugs attacking this girl in broad daylight. Like in in the middle of a neighborhood. Like a suburban... Yeah, like they're just going to rape this girl on the street corner in the middle of the day. Like, you don't. Okay. So, Bill, the friendly baseball coach, um, intercedes and, like, oh, God, that's the, uh, that, 
I, I think this is my favorite thing about this movie is that anytime there's a fight scene, <laughs> it is the most horrible, horrible <laughs> fight scene you've ever seen in your life. It's like, so bad. <laughs> it's so it's so choreographed and oh. badly choreographed. And you can see every fake punch and like <laughs> <laughs> like people are just kind of standing around waiting until it's their turn to get punched. Like, oh god, my it's favorite, so dumb. My favorite part is when Bill picks up one of these guys in like a wrestling move. It's like he's gonna body slam him. He lifts him up and he spins him around. <laughs> he and spins he... him around so his feet hit the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> that guy goes down. He throws him down, and then he just completely ignores them and turns his back on them completely and starts tending to the girl. Are you okay? And his wife and son are there watching. And they're like, "Is she okay? Is she okay?" And of course, one of them jumps up and runs at Bill with a knife and stabs him as they both run away. It's you know supposed to be a really dramatic moment, but it's really hard to take it seriously at this point. <laughs> right. Another thing. And and the reason that I bring this up is because it happens not once but twice in this movie. Um, a girl gets attacked and somebody comes to her rescue. And while the rescuer is dealing with the attacker, the girl who has been being attacked just lays there on the ground. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like right. she doesn't get up. She like... doesn't help. She doesn't run away. She's just like laying there like, Oh, are you fighting? I, I'll be here when you're done. Like, <laughs> and if it, had, if it had only happened once, it would have been hilarious. But it happens twice, <laughs> twice in the movie. The, the girl just lays there. Just oh waiting. boy! All yeah. right. Oh my god. Okay, we got to keep moving. You yeah. got to keep moving. Otherwise, <laughs> it's going to be a long episode after all. So yeah. it zooms in on the okay. kid who's staring at his dad who just got killed. And we do the dissolve to where uh, the kid is now an adult, and it's we're back at that baseball field, and now he is this massive, like bulky bodybuilder looking guy named Tony, yeah, like All a stand-in for the Incredible Hulk or something. He's huge. Yeah, and this guy, uh, did you look this guy up, John Nickel uh, Thor? Just a little bit. He'd only been in a few movies, right? Yeah, he had a um a, a, like a heavy metal band, and if you go to Wikipedia. John Thor, better known as Thor, is a bodybuilding champion, <laughs> actor, songwriter, screenwriter, historian, vocalist, and musician. This guy. Wow. He was actually the first Canadian to win both Mr. Canada and Mr. USA titles in bodybuilding. Major. And, and him. the front runner <laughs> for a heavy metal band called, wait for it, Thor. <laughs> and fun fact... He, at the same time was they were filming Zombie Nightmare, he was also apparently filming Rock and Roll Nightmare, which is something on my list that we need to do sometime. It was another one of those uh, covers that uh, I was kind of curious about. Not the best actor in the world, though, um, but not terrible. Not the worst in the movie, by far. Oh, well, I don't know. I mean... <laughs> he doesn't have a lot to do, let's put it that way. I guess we never really get to see him flex his muscles, as it were. <laughs> No, no. So now, now he is like the neighborhood nice kid, and everybody <laughs> likes him. And um, he goes, well, for, he's playing baseball with kids or whatever. And then he goes home, and the mom's like, "Hey, Ma, we won." <laughs> That's nice, son. You forgot the groceries. Oh, look, I'm sorry, Ma. 
I'll go get him right now. Uh, take your jacket. It looks like rain. Okay. Thanks, Mark. I'll be back soon, okay? You say he's not the worst in this movie. Come on, give the guy a little credit. He's pretty darn awful. Oh, I will give him credit for being awful. He's not the worst. He's not the best. I didn't say he was the best. But also the the right the dialogue is absolutely crappy. Like nobody could make any of this dialogue work. Nobody not oh, even no, no, Adam no. West makes this dialogue work, unfortunately. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's, oh god, it's great. It's so bad. Well, we well we also see then okay, they cut to this scene of like these '80s punks kids. One of them being Tia Carrere, but there's a whole group of them, and they're driving. Well, first they're at a club acting like assholes, and they get kicked out of the club, and um, then they're driving around drunk. And then we see uh, Tom, the big guy, um, is getting groceries for his mom and. He forgets like his wheat germ or something, so he has to go back to the back of the store. I'm sorry, you can't you can't brush over that. <laughs> we're at a gro- we're at what is supposed to be the grocery store, which is really more like a corner convenience store. And the guy right. behind the counter is doing the worst Italian accent ever. He sounds like Mario from Super Mario sixty four. He's like <laughs> That'd be all, Tony. Have you got the provolone? Uh, Tony, would I forget how much your mama liked provolone, eh? <laughs> uh, how is the new job working out? Oh, it's not bad, sir. Except they want me to cut my hair. Hey, Tony, you, you cut the hair, you lose the strength, no? <laughs> Anything else? Wait a minute, I forgot my wheat here. Ah, out of the back, on the left. Okay, thanks, <laughs> Mamma mia! Oh, Tommy, yeah. tell me how your mother is doing. <laughs> Did you remember the provolone? <laughs> oh, but could I forget the provolone? I know how much your mama likes it. <laughs> Wheat germ? <laughs> well, he's a big guy. I mean, he, I don't know. I you know, guess. Bodybuilders like, or something, I guess. Bodybuilding thing, yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, so he, he goes in the back, he goes in the back and a couple of thugs come in to rob the store. And one of the thugs puts the gun in the owner's face and he's like, all your money, sucker. Mama Mama me. Me. Yeah. <laughs> you want to my money. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. But- and then uh, and then and then Tony saves the day. And again, one of the worst fight scenes you've ever, ever seen. And then uh, <laughs> Tony just kicks the guys out of the store like get out of here you dirty hoodlums like run down i don't ever want to see your face around here again (laughs) and then tony the the nice guy that everybody loves um who carries a baseball bat with him everywhere he goes uh walks out into the street and gets run down by the drunken 80s punks uh and he's dead and um, <laughs> the, the shop owner <laughs> runs out and, and, and literally like there are so many things that I have written down. Like I would pause the movie to write it down because the, the lines were so good. Like he runs out and this kid's dead in the street and he goes, Tony, who could have done this terrible thing? And then they don't they don't call the ambulance or the police or anything. No, they don't they call just anybody. they just they just pick up his dead body and carry it to his mom's house. Yes. And uh, the mom's like 
uh, oh no. And and there's some guy there and, and she says, do you know Molly McKimbe? And he's like, you mean that crazy lady who lives down the street? And she's like, yeah, go get her. And, and the shop owner's like, what do you want with that crazy Haitian? And she's like, she owes me a favor. And it took me a second to realize that the crazy Haitian was the black girl from the beginning. Uh, yeah. And that's why she owes this lady a favor. But when this lady shows up oh my gosh it it, it was it's 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 genius like, like <laughs> that's one like way to if put you it were trying, if you were trying to make a terrible movie like this is what you would do they bring in this lady this black lady and i can't even begin to describe how she talks like <laughs> quiet she knows that all Maliwa can be can give her. But your bodies cannot. Vengeance for her son's death. Now, you. Me? Yes, you. You go to Mr. Cabrera's house. <laughs> well, just... she's got that like warbly accent, but then it changes depending on the scene. Like sometimes, like it's not even consistent all across the board. Terrible acting. I, her premature graying too was kind of weird. I, I just, <laughs> like you said, I couldn't get a beat on the timeline of any of these people because Tony seems fairly young, and she would have been yeah. just a little bit older than him. But she's got gray hair and seems like an older woman. And and then it turns out and there's another one of these kids as an adult, and he doesn't. He seems even older. It just none of that really works. None of that really works as far as the timeline goes. We jump back to the beginning scene that we saw before uh, with her resurrecting the zombie, and it turns out that the zombie is Tom. But like this whole ritual takes place. I have no idea where. <laughs> <I'm> like. <laughs> They're candles, like, just like lots. The candle like shop. Candle. I think it was a candle <laughs> shop. It had to have been. <laughs> that must have been her day job. And there must have, like, in her day job store, there must be like a coffin. <laughs> like, I I swear, I'm like, where did this fucking coffin come from? Like, why is all of it? She just has a coffin overlooking the hills. Yeah. Um, okay, so she brings him to life, and then. Like it, it's it's horrible. Like he sits up, like ah, like, like this <laughs> stupid, stupid zombie sound, and she hands him the baseball bat, and then I'm like, yes, <laughs> zombie with the baseball bat. Like now we're talking. Here we go. That's right. And then that okay. And so then the rest of the movie is a revenge plot where this reanimated zombie is. Uh, going after all these kids that, that killed him. And he ends up, we can talk about the specifics if you want. I don't know, but he picks them off uh, one, one by time. one. Um, yeah. And like over the course of several days and something that I also didn't understand was, did the zombie lady have to do this ritual every night? Because it yeah. appears that she does it several times. Well, it appears throughout the course of the movie. Yeah. Or she's just, holding down the fort or something like she's got to guard her candles during the day because you're right it always cuts back 
to back to her, and it's apparently night, and we still got all these candles, and nothing has changed, and the guy is either back or he's coming back out of the coffin again. It's, is it like he has to return to the coffin every night? It's it's kind of unclear. But as inept as this movie is, uh, just to give you an idea, like they don't even really follow through on some of the basics, such as they show us these 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 punk kids, right? <laughs> these punk kids who ran him over. And shortly after he's run over, it does cut back to a scene of them where they've pulled over and they get out of the car and they're kind of fretting about what they did. And everyone is is kind of upset about it, except for the, the leader guy, Jimbo. Jim, Jim. Jim, yeah. Who's this over-the-top, completely over-the-top punk kid. There's a dumb scene with him and his mom where he just like basically throws like, coleslaw at her, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> insults her to the, her face, like calls her names, and then walks out and she just kind of shrugs her shoulders. I guess they meet at the at the ice cream shop. <laughs> it's local. Yeah, it's like one of those. Yeah, like one of those drive-in ice cream places. And I like I love this because most of the scenes with them with this group of young people take place at this uh, outdoor ice cream parlor where they loudly, openly discuss the fact that they killed somebody. Like, like they're they're virtually shouting about how they murdered someone. (laughs) And not just once, but several times. That's right. I love it that after he's done throwing the coleslaw in his mom's face and stuff, she says, oh, did you wreck another one of your dad's cars? You know, he gets him on lease from the company. You can't just keep wrecking him. He hops in his car, and he goes down the road. And this is like the second of like four of these scenes where all we see is a car driving and some music playing for like three or four minutes. It's excruciatingly mm-hmm. long, and I guess it's supposed to get you hyped up with the music and stuff, but nothing is happening. It's just this car driving down the road. Like They can't even make an awesome-looking car driving down the road with hopped-up music behind it, exciting. And then he like pulls his like red Ferrari into the Twist and Cream ice cream drive-in shop <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. to meet his buddies. This is, it's a serious gang, you know? That's why I said, like, if my buddies and I had made this movie back when we were in college, this would have been, like, the five locations we could have gone to, you know? It, this was the owner sure. that said, yeah, you can film at our ice cream shop. We're closed on Saturdays. You get, you get all day. <laughs> And, and that's why these guys are there. Oh, well, it, it, it's good enough for me. I can't think of any better reason they'd be shouting about murdering somebody in an ice cream place. But, um, yeah, he's funny. The main guy, like, we're supposed to care about these people. I, they're, they're awful. I mean, he right after they run over the kid, like, they pull over to the side of the road. And everybody else is kind of freaking out, like you said, except Jim and uh, one of the other guys i don't even know what his name is the blonde one bobby um like looks at him and is like are you okay and he's like i kind of liked it you know just taking his life like that snuffing out that big candle it's flat <laughs> who wrote this who wrote this movie it's terrible <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh it's so bad oh. oh man yeah i would just like like if one of my high school kids like turned this into me like as a creative project i would be like well you were ambitious <laughs> <laughs> you can 
tell the film thinks it's clever, though, because then at the ice cream shop, there's, yep. this, there's this ongoing thing where Jim is trying to pick up this waitress. And he gets more and more aggressive and really pretty nasty, but they're always like – there's this supposedly witty, witty repartee going back and forth between the two of them. And it always ends in some kind of joke about his dick. Can't you get it through your head? I don't want to see you. Yeah, well, uh, you're not going to do any better in this town, baby. I'm really sorry, but my religion forbids Interspecies mating. You're smart, aren't you? But you'll have it, and you will love it. Like every single time. Oh my god, the guy cannot stop talking about his dick. Like he just <laughs> like that's how he leads the conversation. Like, uh, uh gonna... you've never seen one this big. Like, who does that? Like, <laughs> and then I, I I I in my notes, I'm like, dude, quit talking about your dick. She doesn't want to hear about your dick anymore. <laughs> God, <laughs> but maybe it doesn't help that her her one-liners back at him are so labored. Look, Jim, I prefer men with ones that can be seen without the aid of an electron microscope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and my favorite—I think my favorite line of the movie is when he's hitting on her at some point, and he's just nasty. But like the the kid's not even a good enough actor to really be threatening or imposing anyway. Mm. He's just totally a douchebag. At one point, she's like, "How old are you?" Twenty-one. Seventeen is more like it, right? Look, you may be tough, but I don't want the cradle. I'm old enough to be your older sister. <laughs> That's not a. That's not a thing. That's not a line. <laughs> like, like, I'm old enough to be your mom, or I'm old enough to. Be, if you're nine months older than the kid, you're old enough to be his older sister. Like, <laughs> so bad. Like, I almost, I almost feel like the line was supposed to be, "I'm old enough to be your mom," but the actress wasn't really old enough. They're like, "We'll just change it." Yeah, like, I feel no, like that. Nobody will know. Yeah, right then and there, it had to be. Because truly, this writer would not have written that line. I mean, come on. Oh, God, I, I can't imagine. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, okay. So this zombie Tom, who who was, you know, this big bodybuilder guy with this beautiful long hair. Now, all of a sudden, he's this zombie with short hair because <laughs> I think that the mask had short hair. Yeah. <laughs> because... It looks, looks like, like he's just wearing a mask. It's a terrible mask. It doesn't move. Like if it's makeup, it's bad makeup because or he's just that bad of an actor that he never moved his face at all. In some scenes, they bothered to give him kind of zombie hands, but not very often. Usually it's just his stupid zombie mask and his normal hands. And he's walking around in like these cut-off sweatpants through the whole movie like Oh, it's so dumb. Okay, so then he starts killing off the kids, and the first ones he kills off are the 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 tennis ones. It doesn't matter what their names are. I don't yeah, know, I don't but they're know the te- there's a tennis couple, and like they play some erotic tennis, and then like make out over the net, and then go like into a. St- <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then they're they're gonna go have sex like in a hot tub um, with all their clothes on. <laughs> he 
<laughs> he's got his tidy whities on at least. <laughs> he's got his tidy, and she is like fully dressed. Like she's like yeah. I think it's supposed to be lingerie, but I feel like it's like got a skirt. Like <laughs> I, I don't know. This, this actress was clearly not getting paid enough to show her tits because sure. we were not going to see anything from her, and she was awful. Oh, oh God! Like I, I swear that she was okay. She beats Tia Carrere in this one. Um, I, I, I felt like it was all she could do to not look directly in the camera. And, and like, I felt like, I felt like there, they probably had to really carefully select their shots when she wasn't looking directly in the camera. Cause she was so bad. Oh the zombie God. shows up, kills the guy by breaking his neck and then throws him into the hot tub. And we get to see him like floating around in the hot tub with blood and and the office, like when the police eventually show up, they're like, yeah, they're pulling that guy out of a pool filled with blood. Why? There wouldn't be any blood. Like, <laughs> just there was no flesh neck. wound. He just broke his neck. <laughs> and when you see him floating around in the hot tub, like he's clearly moving. Like yes. this guy is not dead. Like he's like bobbing around in the hot tub. And then the zombie chases the girl literally around the gymnasium for like two minutes. Like and, she and- doesn't go out a door. She doesn't go anywhere. Like literally they just run around the gymnasium for like two minutes until he finally catches her and kills her with the baseball bat and it's just these lumbering shots oh this guy is not moving quickly no moving he's your classic kind of lumbering zombie and she's running like crazy and at some point she just like rests like around the corner is how yeah it's so poorly like she's tired it's like she's oh she just rests and then he comes around and grabs her and hits her with the baseball bat now this movie's also not good enough to show you anything like gore wise or whatever the best you're going to see is after the fact some blood on the ground and that's that's all that that you really see which really made this i'm sure perfect for mystery science theater like oh my gosh oh god yeah i i I would actually enjoy watching that episode again because i think it would be funny to watch them goof on it but yeah i mean as far as like the gore goes uh, I don't know. Again, I don't know how much we want to get into it, but later, the last guy that gets killed, the blonde guy, mm. um, the way that he gets killed is the zombie grabs his head and smashes it against this car in like an auto shop, like in a garage. And you see the shot. He grabs the guy's head and pushes it towards the car. And the effect was obviously that this guy had fake blood in his mouth so he spits it out and it splashes all over the car before his head hits the car (laughs) (laughs) well to be fair in the world of this movie blood comes out of your mouth whenever you die no matter how you die (laughs) it's just what happens oh god I just yeah. loved I just loved seeing the blood hit the car before <laughs> his head hit it. I thought that was so funny. Okay, I feel like we should get back to Adam West. So I'm just oh going to say gosh. all right, the the super punky guy, the one that ever you hate cuz he's painted that way. 
he tries to rape that waitress and he gets um, impaled with the baseball bat. Okay, so that gets most of the kids out of the way, except Tia Carrere, who gets killed after the blonde guy in a totally non-exciting way. Um, But what's going on in the background that we haven't really mentioned yet is that there's this young cop. I don't know what his name is, um, but he's investigating these murders. It's Frank, man. Frank. You know they're always named Frank. Well, all of them, all of the names in this, like oh, Tom, yeah. Bill, Tom. Bob, Frank, Susie, <laughs> Amy. Jim's dead, Bob. He's killed Peter and Susie and Jim. We're next. Yeah. <laughs> Pete. <laughs> Jim, but he's Jimbo, so yeah, yeah. that's edgy. Right, right. <clears throat> okay, so, so explain the whole deal with, with the cops and Adam West, because we got to get Adam West back in here at some hey, dude, point. It just occurred to me, even the Haitian woman is named Molly. <laughs> yeah, I, I called her Magic Molly, because she just shows up and kind of does some hoodoo every once in a while. At one point, she's show, at one point at the, in the finale, when they're at the garage, she like leads Frank to the zombie, which is another thing that I never really understood. Like At the end, it almost makes it appear like she follows the zombie around yeah. to, to see what it does or whatever. And, and when she's at the garage, she does like some tantric weird <laughs> motions with her hands and like makes the garage go- door go down. I love Magic Molly. She maybe my favorite part of the movie. Magic Molly. But anyway, Adam West, Adam West. Well, we get this tacked on kind of um investigation. Frank Oh my gosh, is it terrible? Frank goes uh <laughs> to the to the um tennis club or whatever and you know finds the bodies and has this very typical dialogue just lifted from any cop TV show but delivered in the absolutely poorest way. And we're basically following him around as he tries to figure out who's doing these murders. And it makes no sense. And it's it's so no. cliche. Every time he shows up, actually every time he shows up at a place, there's a doctor there who it seems like is maybe trying to do a Columbo impression or something. This doctor? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but please play a clip because I was dying. Ah, Frank. Nice to see you can make it to the clam bacon. Well, what the hell else would I be doing at 3 o'clock in the morning? See your boys in white are moving right along? Well, you probably noticed the lovely lady on her way out. Now the boys are trying to fish Lover Boy out of a swimming pool full of blood. It, what's great is every time he shows up at the at the scene, there's always a cop there and this guy there. Uh, so it's always the same scene. He asks the doctor something. The doctor has something to say. They have some witty banter back and forth. They chuckle and they go on. He ends up uh, back at the station and comes in, and it turns out that the chief, I suppose, the chief is yeah. Adam West. And again... Ugh, None of this makes any sense. The cap, where did the newspapers get the uh, drug and suicide story? I gave it to them. You gave it to them? I don't understand. Frank, this Winston boy ran with a bad crowd. High school kids, running red lights, getting drunk, smoking marijuana, you know, the usual bad stuff. Murder's a whole new ballgame. Until we got a line on this killer, I want the press to get nothing but misinformation. Otherwise, they'll make this guy a a serial killer or a goddamn vigilante savior. 
<laughs> I mean, and that's the thing. Like Adam West, he, what can you say about his performance in this movie? Like you, there's nothing you can do with this no. terrible dialogue. And I, I feel like I don't want to say he's not trying because he's not a bad actor. And like you said, he's got a great voice and he's got a great look. Um, but the best he could do was just deliver these lines. Like mm. that's, that's, that's it. Like you can't do any more than that. It, it's, it's just, it's, it's crap. I mean, he, and he, he knew it. Like, I, I feel like I could see in his face and his performance that he knew that this was crap and he was just phoning it in. Like, seriously, sign the check. Like, come <laughs> on, I've got other things to do today. That's right. I've oh got- God. Uh, I don't. It can't have been a very big check, that's for sure. (laughs) No, I just didn't understand his line of reasoning throughout the whole film. Uh, It's again, it's it's setting up one of these cliche moments where somehow the the chief is skeptical of everything that Frank is doing and everything that Frank is saying, including the investigation, and basically just telling him to wrap it up all the time. One of the it was one of the punks who had tried to rob the man in the grocery store gets brought into the police station and he's going ape like he's on pcp or something and he's again another terribly staged fight scene awful Uh, oh where they're anyway the the police have to subdue him and for no good reason at this point adam west the policeman or the kicks him in the face kicks him in the face (laughs) that's right and and it's just convinced that because he's a violent criminal and all these people have died in violent ways that he must be the killer and so I've just wrapped up your case for you. How do you like them apples? James is a terrifyingly strong dude. Then why did he kill the kids? Then why did he kill the kids? You know none of them were robbed. I don't know. Maybe he was working for somebody. Maybe he's got a new hobby. But we've got him now, and we'll find out just as soon as he talks. What's the matter, Frank? A little flesh wound because you couldn't solve this case yourself look the object is to clear these cases as soon as possible maybe too soon and then they go on a date <laughs> <laughs> <That's right. laughs> oh my gosh and they're sipping what's clearly like just like iced tea or something and what's supposed to be whiskey there's no oh my they're not even in the right glasses everything about this movie Everything about this movie, yeah, is and terrible. and and then so like right, he's trying to convince him, oh, it's nothing, it's nothing. So then the young cop Frank, I'll take your word for it, goes home and sits down to a nice ham and cheese sandwich and a glass of milk. <laughs> <laughs> You're not kidding. <laughs> You're but not. Then decides that he needs. No, I'm not kidding. It's totally real. Um, but then decides that he needs to do more investigation and, um, he, he real he looks at all these crime scene photos and he realizes that magic Molly has been at all these places. So he goes back to the captain and he's like, Oh look, magic Molly was at all these places. And then we get this lazy ass, like audio flashback where it's not even a flashback to the no. beginning where the thugs were were hurting this girl um but we just like hear the audio play over the scene and adam west does that thing in movies where it's like oh i'm remembering something like he's <laughs> looking around at nothing 
And as it turns out, Adam West was one of the 50s thugs um, who who harassed this girl. Um, and so as soon as he dismisses Frank, he calls somebody else who we figure out is the other 50s thug, who turns out to have been Jim's, the horrible 80s thugs, dad yeah so he's like get over here we have to take care of something and that other guy's like okay and he runs outside and the zombie's out there waiting for him and he shoots him i think and then the zombie wakes up and then this guy the 50s thug who's now an old 80s thug i guess (laughs) gets killed because he's the slowest mother i've ever seen in my life like like he fumbles with the keys in the car for like 30 minutes and then he gets in the car and doesn't close the door and like fumbles with the keys in there for another 30 minutes until the zombie finally gets to him and just kills him and uh then it again the yeah, the the zombie follows the last two kids who are remaining. Um, Amy, uh, <laughs> Tia Carrere. At least she gets saved till the end. She gets saved till the end, and she calls the last guy, and she's like, "He's, He's killed, killed Peter, Peter and, and Sue and, and Jim. Jim. We're, We're next." next. <laughs> <laughs> And so then they get together and like they're like, we don't have any money. What should we do? Oh, well, let's knock over a garage. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Okay. So they go to the garage and they're like, this is a big garage. Yeah, a little too big. I wonder where they keep their money. Yeah, good question. A little too good. (laughs) (laughs) These... These are real lines. And so then they get slowly chased around in the garage and they get killed. And then Frank like follows the zombie to a graveyard. And this is all so it's so weird and contrived and stupid. I don't even know you talk about it. Well, the thing is somehow the zombie knew that they were at the garage because the zombie goes to the garage to kill them. Um, the voodoo lady who we found out by now is following the zombie around. Apparently, I guess to make sure that he does it. I don't know. Um, she not? was at the garage too. So after the guy kills the guy and the girl, the zombie lumbers off and the woman lumbers off after him. And then Frank follows the woman and they fo- he follows them her to a graveyard and they're at the graveyard. And I guess the idea is now that the zombie is done with his, his revenge, but then, right. Uh, Adam West shows up with a gun, a weird gun. It looks like a Star Wars blast. Yeah, actually, <laughs> right sure. with like with it's like a handgun with a scope and a silencer. Like it's weird. Yeah, he just belts out everything that's going on. Also, while giving the fun fact, but you see, zombies lose their energy after they revenge themselves. <laughs> oh, that was my that was my favorite thing. As soon as he shows up. And Frank is there at the graveyard. He's like, the voodoo lady explained everything to me on the way here. (laughs) 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 And then he explains it all. Oh, God. Yeah. We we had a chat on the way over. I now I know what's going on. No and, big. <laughs> so then he's got a gun trained on Frank and the voodoo lady, and he turns and he shoots the zombie. I have mm-hmm. no idea why he shoots the zombie, but he shoots the zombie a couple times. 
And then he turns and he shoots her to kill mm-hmm. her. Frank's like, I guess you have to kill me now. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, it just so happened that they were by the grave. And I put this together about a minute after the fact. But it looks like they happen to be near the grave of Tony's dad. Tom, the zombie. Yeah, yeah. the zombie's dad. Uh, and so this is our big twist ending is that the zombie's dad, you know, it's one of these burst out of the grounds. It looks like some green carpet was thrown over a hole. Yeah. And uh, uh-huh. he grabs Adam West and he pulls him down into, you know, a glowing red abyss. Uh, and then Frank turns around and walks away dramatically. Through the mist. Yes. <laughs> Through the fog machine. <laughs> for a long time. Like, this, just letting all this sink in for us, you know? Uh, I, I just, you know, of course it's dumb. Of course it raises so many questions. Like, why did Frank need to kill anybody? The zombie's gone. Now the zombie's finished. Right. He wasn't even targeting Frank or his buddy Tom. So that was an issue. Maybe they thought after all these years that the voodoo lady would get some idea and try to hold them accountable, but she didn't. After even all though these she years. right, even though she's known all along, like yeah, it's not like any new information has been revealed or anything, right? Uh, yeah, and and why why is why is Billy the nice baseball coach rotting in hell <laughs> like, <laughs> to pull somebody down there? Yeah. Well, and the other thing that I didn't get too, like, okay, so this mother, right? It was the mother's idea once her son was killed uh-huh. to take him to the voodoo lady to have revenge. The mother was hell bent on revenge. And I'm thinking, yeah. if the mother was so hell bent on revenge, why through all these years did she just not have the voodoo lady bring her husband back from the dead to kill the people who killed him? <laughs> Good point. You know? Good like, point. <laughs> Uh, you know, sadly, the movie doesn't hold up under scrutiny, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. No, it's really bad. I, I uh, it, But honest to God, like, seriously, the first 20 minutes, I'm like, oh, this is torture. I can't believe I'm going to have to sit here and watch the whole thing. And then by, like, in the second half, I was, l- like, hysterically laughing because yes. it was so bad. Like, I was laughing out loud at how bad it was. And and I feel like if and I, I'm being redundant, I've already said this, but if they were going for cheesy and stupid, it wouldn't have been as funny. They're not. Like they they treat this like it's a serious horror movie. Um and just the fact that it is so awful ends up being hilarious. I'm I'm not at all surprised, you know, whoever Whoever picks the movies for Mystery Science Theater 3000, they did an excellent j- job in choosing this one because this is a great movie to to sit around and and poke fun at because it's it's just it's terrible. But ultimately, ultimately, I enjoyed watching it because it was so bad it was funny. Yeah, I would have enjoyed watching it more with other people, but you're right. It is the quintessential so bad it's good movie. No question about it. And I guess right now, here in 2017, uh, the uh, episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000 where they do this movie is on Netflix right now. Oh, man. I'm going to have to check it out because it was was really funny. I would actually sit through this movie again to hear them riffing on it 100%. Me too. (laughs) Watch a a young Tia Carrera one more time. (laughs) 
<laughs> right. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Can't can't say that enough. If you're a fan of hers, she is gorgeous. Terrible, terrible acting, but uh stunningly beautiful. She's God, what would you guess? Would you guess she's probably like in her teens in this movie? I guess maybe William. early twenties. I think even in Wayne's World, famously, she was only like 19 or, or something like that. Uh, Wayne's oh, World was like well, she had to be really young. But yeah, she's she's got it. She still does, too. Anyway. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah, mm. she's she's great. Love her. Tia Carrera, if you're out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we love you. We love you, Tia Carrera. Uh, we're yeah. glad you made and, this movie. And Adam West. Yeah. And Adam West, I almost like we were. I was watching this, and I was thinking, God, he deserves better than this. <laughs> like, <laughs> like if we're gonna do a tribute, he deserves better than this. But again, you know, he he really had a great sense of humor about himself and about his career. So, um, if uh, if he has any knowledge of us paying tribute to him, I hope he appreciates it, and I hope that he knows that it's in all sincerity. He was a good guy. He was a good actor and he left um a legacy uh and not many people can say that so uh cheers to you adam west good life good career good guy and please don't jump out of the grave and drag us down please Thank you again for listening to another episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. You can also find us on our Facebook page. Like us there. Let us know what you think of this episode, and also let us know what movies you'd like us to do in the future. Until that future time, my name is Todd. And I'm Craig. With two guys and a chainsaw. (laughs) 